Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Modern Health with Dr. Jean. Of course, I'm Dr. Jean. I'm a naturopathic doctor and natural fertility expert. And I help couples who have been struggling with infertility for over a year get to the root cause of their infertility struggles and help them conceive naturally. And what I'm really passionate about is just helping women, helping you guys take control of your fertility journey. I am dedicating my podcast to really providing you with education and knowledge so you can stand up for yourself, you can advocate for yourself, and you can make help yourself make sense of all the information that's coming at you. I know there's a lot. And so today we're going to talk about alcohol. This is a very common question I get more specifically around spouses. So male partners drinking alcohol, not sure if it's something that's good for them. Does they need to stop? They sperm tested fine. Does that really impact their sperm quality or our fertility? And then of course, for you guys as females, I have a lot of questions around, well, somebody says I shouldn't be drinking at all while others say in moderation, it's totally fine. So you're confused. I get it. This is the podcast that we're going to break down alcohol and How much is okay to have? When is the instance that it is okay to have it? And when is a time to cut it out? Now, one of the things that I want to address right off the bat, because I see a lot of influencers who have decided to share their infertility journey online, talk about here are the vitamins that I take and here are the tests that I run and I have the alcohol in moderation because so-and-so didn't have to cut out alcohol to get pregnant. And sometimes you can feel that way as well. Well, this person didn't have to cut out pregnant. They didn't even change their diet. They didn't change anything about it. So I want to address this right off the bat because what I'm really passionate about, like I said, is to help you take control of your fertility journey. But for my patients, I always draw out that brighter future. Pregnancy is just the beginning of your journey. And so pregnancy can be a time where you feel really empowered and in control and you can really experience what your body is capable of, or it can be a very traumatic experience because when you already feel out of control and then you get pregnant and now you're super anxious and overwhelmed and worried about what's to come, or maybe there's a lot of changes in your body that you don't know how to handle, or the postpartum period can become really overwhelming. A lot of issues can pop up. So what I'm in the business of is creating generational health. And the way that we do that is have healthy babies, healthy children. And the way that we do that is by becoming healthy ourselves and really understanding how our bodies work. So then we can break generational trauma, generational disease, learn how to take care of ourselves and actually feel in control of our bodies, of our fertility journey. So then when we come to the other side, the postpartum, and we actually have our baby, have our children, we're confident in what it is that we're going to teach them to maintain their health. So Please, please, please don't compare yourself to somebody else who didn't, who's not putting any effort into getting pregnant or being healthy during their pregnancy or postpartum. It's, we all have our own unique journey. And I think that fertility is your healing journey. That's how I teach my patients for it to be. And that healing can be physical. It can be mental. It can be emotional. It could be spiritual. And for those of you who have been struggling with infertility for a really long time, it will absolutely challenge your entire being to its very core, your soul, your spirit. 
And I think that we need to find growth in that and find the right support and community to help us overcome and heal and find peace in that journey instead of, you know, let that journey break you, if you will. So that's my little sidetrack to if so-and-so didn't have to do it, it doesn't really matter. It's all about what did you have to do in order to heal and get closer to your family goals. So we're not going to compare ourselves to other people. We're going to go ahead and focus on what it is that we have to do. So now let's talk about alcohol. Alcohol is processed in the body as a poison. There is just no other way of saying it, but alcohol is poison to the body. What that means is everything stops and the body focuses on getting rid of the alcohol. So all the other processes stop, all the other detoxification, hormone production, anything else that the liver is doing, it stops and the body focuses on getting rid of the alcohol. So I know that there is a lot of gurus like, well, what about the type of alcohol or the quality, the quantity? We're going to talk about that. But just so you know the physiology, how the body processes it, it is a poison. And so how much you consume and the quality of that alcohol is absolutely going to make a difference. And the benefits of it, if you will, never outweigh the cons, in my opinion, but it could be, life is all about balance. So it could be something that you decide to incorporate into your life as a way to relax, enjoy, and have a good time instead of things like ice cream or, you know, whatever other treats, whatever you have. That's what I say to my patients. It's like, it's not that alcohol is bad, but you got to choose your kryptonite, if you will. You got to choose what you're going to cheat on. And so if alcohol is the thing that you really love, like you would love to have a glass of wine on a Friday night versus a bowl of ice cream, then have the glass of wine. For me personally, alcohol doesn't do it. I don't care for it. It's not a thing that I enjoy. i much rather have a nice bowl of ice cream or a piece of cake And that hits the spot for me. That gets, you know, the dopamine release. So it's very much understanding what alcohol does for you. And then we can talk about, you know, quantity and quality. So the quality is also going to matter. I think if you've traveled to Europe, you've realized that, hey, you don't get headaches after drinking a bunch of wine the same way that you do when you're in North America. You also might notice that the rituals around drinking in things like Europe is a lot different than in North America. So I think that's the big difference that we see in terms of quality and what is being put in the alcohol and what it is being sprayed, like what the grapes are being sprayed with versus even the wheat or the barley for things like beer are being sprayed with. Those all make a big difference. The next thing is, of course, the company and who you're drinking alcohol with. I think if you're bonding and you're having a few drinks, there's going to be your energy is going to be different. Your nervous system is going to be more relaxed versus binging and uh, trying to disconnect or blow off some steam. There's a different energy to that. And so paying attention to it. And then, of course, the quantity. So the quantity of alcohol, for example, 12 ounces of beer, about 5% alcohol content, that's considered one drink versus like five ounces of wine or 1.5 ounces of distilled spirits. Understanding how much your body can handle and also what is it that alcohol is doing for you in terms of the relaxation, the blowing off steam, or is it, you know, dopamine, stress relief, whatever. 
Now, let's talk about the actual impact of alcohol on female fertility versus on male fertility because it absolutely impacts both of those things. So remember what I said, alcohol is processed as poison in the body. And all that means is that the body literally will stop everything and start to process alcohol. When the body is processing alcohol, it requires a lot of nutrients. So a lot of B vitamins get depleted, zinc, magnesium. You're also now not detoxifying, you're dehydrating your system because it requires a lot of water for the body to get rid of the stuff as well as other nutrients. So the liver has phase one, phase two, liver detoxification pathways, as well as phase three that goes through the gut. And all of those get impacted with alcohol consumption. And so what happens when your B vitamins are low and now your estrogen is not being detoxified the same way and cortisol is actually gonna be increased. So there's more inflammation in the body. And then when you're drinking the alcohol, it will actually wipe out your microbiome in the gut and cause mucosal inflammation. Of course, we're gonna see changes that are impacting your fertility because remember your fertility is not separate from your health. And so now we have sperm quality issues, we have egg quality issues, we have hormonal changes, whether it's low testosterone, or high estrogen in the female cases, low testosterone for the fem- uh, for the males. For the males, you're gonna see erectile dysfunction if you're drinking a lot, and that's gonna be your antioxidants, liver function, inflammation, that's causing all of that. And then in, on the sperm level, you're actually gonna see some DNA damage. So even if your male partner tests for his sperm analysis and it is quote unquote normal, the first thing that I'll tell you is go ahead and find my podcast on optimal versus normal sperm accounts because I promise you, I look at so many sperm analysis and so few of them are actually optimal for natural conception. A lot of them are barely normal and your conventional doctor is going to look for, are there enough numbers for me, for them to be able to do a procedure? So whether it's IUI or IVF and they're just not, because they're gonna wash that sperm anyways. Instead of looking at it and saying, hey, here's a 35-year-old male in front of me and that volume looks really low or that concentration could be better or that morphology is really poor, what is happening in the body? So you have to look at optimal, not just normal numbers. And when a male consumes a lot of alcohol, what is a lot of alcohol? More than six drinks a week is considered a high consumption. So if I can get the males, I have some males who really enjoy some beers, whether it's at the, watching a game or hanging out with their body buddies, whatever it is, you can have, I'd say six drinks throughout the week. And ideally those are gonna be spread out because the body can have time to detox them properly and get, you're not hitting your body with as much alcohol, then you don't have to worry about the rehydrating or depleting your vitamins or your nutrients as much, or impacting your blood sugar and insulin and a stress response, all that jazz. If we can spread that out and really use alcohol as an enjoyment piece, as opposed to something where you're looking to really disconnect and blow off some steam and now kind of go on to another dimension, that's where we get into trouble. And so if your male partner does drink a lot, I know his sperm is not optimal. Even though his sperm analysis shows up as normal, 
the bigger issue that I see is a lot of these guys are not getting their blood work tested. So you don't know what your testosterone levels is like. You don't know what your liver enzymes are doing or your blood sugar or your cholesterol. And when I test these things and I see it, my male patients right away go, "Uh uh-oh, this, like, I don't want to keep doing this. I can see that my cholesterol is elevated, my liver enzymes are elevated, and I'm really inflamed, and I do have low motivation. And then, you know, I'll test the gut a lot. We'll see poor estrogen metabolism. So you can actually see the male accumulating more estrogen, especially if they're beer drinkers. So they're going to notice that they have more breast tissue that they're forming or they're gaining weight on the back of their hips in that female pattern because of all that excess drinking, right? Not only is it detox issues, but now you're going to impact your blood sugar. Alcohol is a sugar. And then what are you eating when you're drinking? You know, you're not going to make, you're not going to eat a salad. You're eating deep fried foods. You're eating high fat, high processed. And sometimes you're not eating because you're trying to, you know, decrease the amount of calories. That's what I used to do anyways. Then you have this like gut rot in the morning and headaches and dehydration and all that jazz. So my kind of recommendation as a natural fertility expert is if you've been trying to get pregnant for a while, especially as females, I would absolutely cut out the alcohol as much as you can. So for females, my recommendation is like one to maybe three drinks a week. Males can handle a little bit more. Now, I hate saying that because it's like they can handle more. They tend to get away with it a little bit more because bigger bodies, a little bit faster metabolism, they have the muscle mass and testosterone levels that can balance it, but it doesn't mean that it's good for them. So it usually just depends on this whole balance thing. Like I eat really healthy 80% of the time, but my 20% of the time, I just don't enjoy alcohol. So I have something else, but your 20% might be having some alcohol. It's just make sure that you don't have alcohol and the other 20% thing that people have, whether it's cookies or ice cream or cake or whatever, because then you're not really, it's not really 20% anymore. Now you're adding it to more like 30 or 40%. And then that's going to be really hard to see any progress when it comes to your health and when it comes to your fertility. So for my females, it's one to two drinks. My males, one to three, I should say. My male patients, I say anywhere between two to six drinks a week. But of course, if you can cut it out, if it's not a thing that you care for, I would absolutely 100% cut it out because there is no quote unquote benefits to drinking besides the fact that like you enjoy it. So if I'm enjoying eating ice cream, then I have this dopamine release and my nervous system relaxes and my cortisol decreases. And that's the benefit of this balance. But if you don't enjoy it and you're just kind of drinking because that's what you're used to doing, then to me, it's like cut that out because as soon as we can cut that out, all your markers in terms of your liver, your inflammation, your hydration levels will all go up because you've now cut out this quote unquote poison that you're putting into the system. So these are my recommendations. And really, if you're not sure if alcohol is the thing that you want to keep in your life or you don't want to keep in your life when it comes to fertility, Like I said, you might feel like it's unfair. There's a lot of couples who don't need to cut out drinking and they get pregnant. Absolutely, there's no doubt about that. I'm not here to deny that. But I also don't know why you are going through the journey that you are going with. And I know if I was going through that same journey, and that's what I do with my patients is I put myself in their shoes, is I would do everything possible to optimize my chances. 
But you also have to keep in mind that this journey can be long and it can be very difficult and it can be very lonely and isolating. And so you have to take a step back sometimes and take a look and say, am I going too much on the other side now? And would it be okay if I just go out and have some drinks with my girlfriends? And is that really nurturing for my soul as opposed to maybe not super nurturing for my liver? And just know that there's things that you can do to help improve the metabolism of that alcohol. Obviously, the best thing you can do is not have it. But if you are going to have it, we used to do this in school back in the day when I was going through naturopathic school. And we learned all these things about alcohol. And I knew it was terrible, but I'm just not in a place in my life where I wanted to stop drinking. And so what did we do with my girlfriends? We would load up on B vitamins and liver support before we went out. And I would have B vitamins. I don't think I had B vitamins when I went after because that would keep you up, but I would have some amino acids and I would have more liver support before going to bed. And in the morning, have some B vitamins and liver support and the body would just metabolize things a little bit quicker. And I would feel better. I would My hangover wouldn't be as bad, but of course it would be better if I just didn't do it. And then I remember there was a time in my life where I decided it wasn't worth it anymore. I felt too good. I wanted to focus on my training. I found CrossFit at the time. And every time I drank, I had to, my training would plummet. And I just didn't want to feel like crap every week anymore. And so I made those differences. And so for you, you just have to decide, is it worth it? Or is it, you know, is it worth it in terms of it helps you feel more relaxed and you feel like you're connecting with your friends and do you have to do that every week or is that just every month that you can go out for a drink or two or is this time to just focus on fertility and focus on your health and see how far you can take your body and how far you can heal because it is very much a juggling you know a juggling process and I find that alcohol if you are trying to conceive and it's been a long time for both male and female partners as a natural fertility expert that's a no-go for me i always try to get my patients to cut it out as much as possible especially if we're doing some sort of detoxes and if you're not sure the best way to know is to test so this is what i'm going to finish off with you guys is test 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 i don't tell people what to do until they see their testing lab numbers and data and I understand their lifestyle more because I just got off a call with a patient who has been drinking not for any other reason that like he just kind of got used to it that's what he did in high school and so he's continuing to do that and the doctor told him his sperm was fine until we've met and I said the sperm is not fine and you guys this is an unexplained infertility male factor fertility is absolutely a portion of this issue so is female but we need to work on both essentially and so he had no idea he had no idea but i'm not going to tell him to stop drinking until we look at the labs and then when we look at the labs and his liver enzymes are elevated and his inflammation is high and he has a bunch of stuff going on in the gut where he's wiped out a bunch of his good gut flora and there's environmental toxins like glyphosate from all the beer and then the estrogen metabolism As he sees all these numbers, he doesn't want to drink anymore. He's just like, yeah, okay, that's not worth it. So he doesn't know what it's like to feel good yet, but he already sees it on the lab work that that doesn't look good. I don't, these red numbers are, they don't mean that I'm thriving. And so obviously that's impacting my fertility. So if you're not sure if alcohol is impacting you, this is where the testing really comes in testing your liver enzymes, testing your hormone function, your kidney function, hydration levels, right? If your sodium is really low, chloride is really low, you're not replenishing your electrolytes, 
they're going to see those issues. And so if we get in front of them, or if you can see it, then you're much more likely to change your behavior. Just like I said at the beginning of the podcast, remember that knowledge uh, is power, but knowledge will also drive compliance. When you know better, you do better. I hope you guys found this episode helpful. If you did, I would love it for you if you hit the follow button, share this with somebody that you think might find this helpful and give them some more answers in their fertility journey. I would greatly appreciate that. I appreciate you for tuning in. Thanks so much for being here and we'll see you next week.